The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Nazir has been dedicated by our good friend Jaime and Dina Dana. Hashem Yishmirem v'chayim. Fatzlacha for all their children that they should be mechunach alpi toratenu akedusha. They should grow up and they should be zochel the Torah or mitzvot or chupa or maasim tovim ubefrat for Ashkelema for Moshe ben Dina. אין נא רפאנה לו בתוך שאר חולי עמו ישראל, וגם רפואה שלמה, פנינה, בת אסתר. אין נא רפאנה לה, אין נא רפאנה לה, אין נא רפאנה לה, רפואת הנפש ורפואת הגוף, ורפואתה כרבה לבוא וכן ירסון ונאמר אמן בזכות המסכת נזיר יגן בעדם אמן. דף נון. תראה, זו דף נון. לעילו נשמת מור זקני, רבי יוסף בן שרה. וגם לעילון נשמת אברהם בן אסתר, ברוך השם תניחם בגן עדן, אמן. ברוך השם תניחם בגן עדן, אמן. משה בן דינה, שרה רוחמה בת רחל ושרה בת רחל, אין נא רפאנה להם רפאת הנפש ורפאת הגוף. יפה בת שרה. אין נא רפאנה להם רפאת הנפש ורפאת הגוף, ואתן כלומר לבוא וכן ירסו ולומר. אמן. 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 Ba'adayin, it is the one, two, three, four lines down. Uh, the Gemara over here, we're in the middle of a sugya where Rabbi Meir had died. And Rabbi Huda told the students, don't let any of the Talmidim of Rabbi Meir into the Beit Midrash. Because they're kanteranim, they're critics, they're critical. And uh, Sumchus got into the Beit Midrash and he made a statement regarding our Mishnah. Uh, and now Mishnah is talking about the different types of Tum'ah, corpse Tum'ah that is, that renders a Nazir Tameh, that he has to shave his hair and bring the Korbanot. So the text that Rabbi uh, Meir had is said by his student Sumchus was like the text that we have in our Mishnah, Met and Kezayit Mena Met. Is Metameh a corpse and a Kezayit from a corpse? So uh, when Sumchus quoted that text, Met and Kezayit and Met, Rabbi Yehuda said, didn't I tell you? Don't let, don't let him in? <laughs> Look what he's quoting over here. What, you, what, what kind of text is that? Why do you have to say Met and Kezayit and Met? If a Kezayit and Met is Metamed and Azir, it's called Sheken, a Met Atzmo. So Rabbi Yehuda said, I can't keep quiet. I have to respond. I have a pshat. That's the one. And the pshat is, is that... Uh, Kezayit minamit means when there's a kezayit of flesh, right? Of the mit, that's mitamend. The hadush of a mit is when it's the full body, even if there's no flesh on it, it's significant to be mitamend. So therefore you need both statements. So the Gemara continues now and says, it's still a question. V'adayin yomar al-ever mimenum begaleyah al-kulo lokol sheken. If you remember in the Mishnah, it also said an ever, a limb from the corpse, is also mitameh. Mm-hmm. So again, if a, if a limb is mitameh, does it have to tell me met? Does it have to tell me the corpse, the whole body itself? So if it be, you see, you didn't fix it. You still have a question from Evid. Ela kedamar b'yohanan lo nitzrecha ela lenefel shelon nitkasheru ebarav begidin hachanameh benefel shelon nitkasheru ebarav begidin There's a law of a nefel, okay? 
right, which is a let's say a fetus, an embryo, right, when the baby's uh, there, and before it's fully formed, its um, limbs are not attached yet uh, to the body with uh, sinew. Sinew are like uh, ligaments, uh, right? Uh, cartilage. So that's called gidin. That's the little uh, like uh, threads that attach the bones. So really, uh, its body's not complete until these uh, bones have the sinew attaching. Uh-huh. So the hadush is that on a full nefil, even though an embryo comes out, let's say, right? Even though it's premature where the sinew did not yet attach the bones, it has the ability to be metameh. Mm. So that's what met means. A regular met, I don't need to tell me that, I told you even an ever. But a met means a nefer shelon kashiru evarav begidin, hadush is that has the ability to be metameh a nazir. And the Rosh speaks out, if you want to read that inside, look at the first Rosh, we'll go through the Perush today. Which means, on an ever of that Nefer alone, the, the Nazir will not become Tameh. Because there is no sinew. For a bone to be Tameh, it's got to be uh, developed, right? With, with Basar on it and Gidim. Okay, so that's the Hadush over here that is talking about a uh, nefil that would be metame'e nazir. That's what it says, mit. Comes the Gemara and says, another answer. Rava Amar, lo nitzrecha ela lirov binyano ulrov minyano she'en bahem rova atzamot. We learned uh, this concept that the body, sometimes they break it down in rov binyan, Sometimes they break it down in Rov Minyan. Rov Binyan is, Binyan literally means the frame, the structure of the body. So if you take the big bones, like the leg bone, the thigh bone, those bones are not nearly the majority of the body's bones, but the majority of the body's frame. And therefore the Hadush over here is when it says Met, it doesn't mean a full corpse. But you don't have to tell me full corpse. If an ever of it is Metameh, certainly a full corpse is Metameh. The Hadush is... Even if it's only Rov Binyan, Rov Binyan could also be Mittameh, or Rov Minyan. Rov Binyan is the majority of the limbs of the body. That would be um, 122 limbs of the body. And the Hadush over here is, even though there's not Rov Atzamot. We learned in the Mishnah that to be Mittameh a person, you have to have a certain Shi'ud of Atzamot. Rov Akav measure of atzamot. And for a nazir, you actually have to have, because it has to be measuring half a kav to be metameh the nazir in order to bring a korban. So the hadush over here is that what? That if you have rov binyan or rov minyan, even though you don't have the shi'ur of rov ha-kav, it'll, it'll still be metameh the nazir. Look at the rosh inside. The rosh says, le rov binyano ve rov minyano. That's the two uh, uh, the thighs or the the shank the the, the the shin the yerech echad. That's the thigh. The rov minyano haynu kuf chaf bet evarim. One hundred and twenty-two limbs. Afapish sheem bem rov atzamot. Even though you don't have the shiur of rov atzamot, aval im lo ayar rov minyan or rov minyan. If you didn't have that, if you're just going regular shiur, eno megale achu bem hatzikav. The law is you need half a kav which is the shi'ur to metameh nazir and bring the 
korbanot. Regularly, a person is metame on rov akav. But the hadush over here is that the nazir is metame even on rov binyan. Even without that, should even if you have less than even rov akav, it's going to be the metame has to bring a korban. So that's the two way we answer. Actually, it comes out we have um, three answers to way to understand what the met in the mishnah meant. The first way we understood met meant met to the exclusion you don't need any flesh on the full body. Second answer we said that it's talking about a met uh, of a nefil, right? And the hadush over there is uh, that even though it doesn't have uh, ligaments, doesn't have the sinew, doesn't have the gidim, and normally a, a bone alone that's not complete with ligaments is not metameh, kamashwa of a nefil it is. And the third answer with the met we understand means no, met is not a full body, vadai full body is metameh. I was talking about rov binyan, even though you don't have the proper weight, which normally is metameh in bones, it doesn't matter. There's a hadush of rov binyan and rov minyan. Comes the Gemaran continues, al kezayit met al kezayit netzel. Mishnah said a kezayit of the met, which means kezayit of flesh is metameh. Again, just keep in mind, when we say it's metameh, it's metameh in one of three ways. It's metameh be'ohil, it's metameh be'magah, it's metameh be'masah. Those are the three ways these items can be metameh. And we said also a kezayit of netzel. Now, what is netzel exactly? So the Gemara is going to ask, Ve'ezehu netzel. Basar ha-met she-karash. It's actually the flesh of the met uh, that congealed. Okay? Umohal. Well, that's like a uh, uh, something that oozes out of the the met. She-irtiyah. That was... Uh, boiled, that was heated up. Okay, let's look at the um, let's look at the rosh right away. It's a little down. Basar hamet shekrish shnimoa habasar tehila. What happened was the flesh uh, was nimoa, like melted. Veharka hekrish, and then it congealed. Umoal shirtiyah, moal shnimsa etzlamet. You found like uh, an oozing liquid next to the met fluids. You don't know if it's from flesh, this fluid, or is it his mucus. So there's a way to test it. You boil it. And if it bubbles, then you know already it's flesh. So you test it. You see this fluid next to the mat. You don't know uh, what it is. Is it is it mucus? If it's mucus, it's not metameh. If it's uh, if it's from the mat itself, this fluid, then it is metameh. So what do you do? You boil it up. Fluid that bubbles is going to be an indication that it is actually from the mat itself. If it doesn't bubble, then you know it's not uh, metameh. So it's one of these two. Either you found this congealed stuff, or you found the uh, fluid that you eventually boiled. Now the Gemara analyzes. The Gebrat says like this. What exactly is the case? If you don't know if it came from the body, you see this congealed stuff. If you don't know its source, you don't know if it came from the body, what do I care if it's congealed? Which means congealing should not make a, a difference over here. If you don't know if it came from the body, what's the difference? If it's con- congealed, it's not going to help me. You still don't know if it came from the, the, the corpse or not. Oh, must be the case he's talking about. Well, you know that it came from the corpse. So then, So then, who cares if it's congealed? If you know it came from the body, congealing. So the Gemara's question really is, what's the congealing factor? The point should be, do you know it came from the body? If you know it came from the body, in any situation it is, it should be mitamin. If you don't know it came from the body, then you shouldn't have an issue whether it's, even if it is congealed. So the Gemara's, Amar Bistam. Uh, 
we're talking about where you found this congealed stuff in front of the body, but you don't know if it came from the body or not. You weren't there to see it come, come from the body, but you see it next to the body, so you don't know. So the Gemara says, If it's congealed, then you could assume it's these uh, liquids that came from the body. But if it doesn't congeal, then you could assume that it is indeed mucus. So therefore the congealing is an indication to what it is. So therefore that's what the Gemara said. Again, if you know where it came from, there's no she'el al We're talking about it, you don't know where it came from. You see next to the body, wonder, is it coming from somewhere else? Is it, is it, is it as fluid? Is it not as fluid? Is it as kihov v'ni'ov? So the Gemara says, congealing will give it away. Okay, look at the Rosh. The Rosh says like this. First wide line in the Rosh, all the way on the bottom. Amar Yirmiyah b'stam. Kegon shenimsa etzel ha-met. V'yaduahu sheba min ha-met. So you know it came from the met, aval. En yaduah im besar ha-met shenimowach. You don't know if it came from the flesh that melted. O mikiho v'ni'o. Or it came from his mucus. Now, ikarish. So the, the, the test is over here. Did it congeal? If it congealed, vadai mohalu. Good. And uh, the same thing when you found this uh, stuff from the, uh, the, the, the that you have in front of the body, so you don't know if it's mucus or not. So you heated it up. If you heat it up in a bubble, then already you know uh, what it is. So that's the way uh, that's the way you analyze it. Okay. Good. Comes the Gemara and says, "Ba'amine Abiyah has a question. Yesh netzel labehema. En netzel la Okay. A behema is able to uh, exude tum'ah. How is that possible? So it's talking about where the animal is a nivela. Okay? If uh, an animal is, let's say, not slaughtered properly. So it's dead. That animal wasn't slaughtered properly as a din of a nivela. The law of a nivela is it is metameh adam vekelim. It becomes like a avatum'ah that's able to metameh adam bekelim. So the question is like this. Now you have the netzel of a nevelah. Uh, fluids, the congealed flesh. So we want to know if a nazir comes in contact with the netzel of a behemah. Right? Is there tum'at? Uh, is there tum'at netzel? Well, let's, 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 let's qualify the question. Not a nazir. Because a nazir, we know only it is tumah of corpse tumah, right? Tumat adam. The shela is just in general. Uh, the tumah that is from a nevela, does that apply to the netzel of the animal as well or not? Right? That's the uh, shela. Right? Look at the tosfot uh, over here. Yesh netzel la behema. Kezayit mena nevela shinirkav me'elav. All right, the kezayit of the nevela, it uh, spoiled. Vini mawah. Right, melted. Mi metame b'maga umatsa umasa olav velo leinyan giluach de nazir kabai. We're not asking a shela by nazir because again, it's not corpse tuma. Right, there's no dina by nazir. We're just asking stam. Right, does it does it exude maga umasa tuma? Now we have to point out a nevilah is not metame beohel. The only tuma of a nevilah is maga umasa. Right, so let's give let's give the gemara on side. Yesh netzel lebehemah netzel mi amrina. Gemiri netzel da'atem adam, which means abal da'atem be'malo. Maybe we have halacha Moshe Misinai, because that's where you're getting this whole business of netzel in the first place. Maybe halacha Moshe Misinai was said by humans, and it wasn't said by uh, uh, be'ma. Maybe that was the Kabbalah, that was the tradition. 
עוד מה? לשינה? הוא מבין לא. מבין נצר לבעדה, נצר לבעדה, both have the ability to be, ותמה. So the Gemara now is going to set up the question. הני הלמן דאמר טומאה חמורה עד לגר וטומאה קלה עד לכלב שפיר. Let's say, speak this outside first. What do you do with a nevelah? Well, obviously you're not allowed to eat a nevelah. However, the Torah does say that you give it to the ger. Now, the ger doesn't mean a convert. Convert is Jewish. Convert cannot eat a nevelah just as much as a full, a regular Jew cannot eat a nevelah. The ger means the ger toshav. Right? That's the one that accepted upon himself Shiva Mitzvot B'nei Noah. Torah says, give him the nevelah. For him, he's able to eat it. Okay? So now the she'elah is like this. Which type of nevelah exudes tum'ah? So the Torah, there's a rule like this. The tum'ah of a nevelah is called tum'ah hamura. That's the Shlashon of the Gemara. The reason why they're calling it tum'ah hamura, because it's strict in the sense it's metameh adam bekelim, which is a strict type of tum'ah. Now, what type of meat of the nevelah has this tum'ah? So long as it's still edible for the ger. If it's meat that's edible to the ger, it has a deen of nevelah and it's metameh. Once it becomes unedible for the ger, the ger can't eat it, it's not, not fit for human consumption, let's put it that way, then already it does not have a deen of tum'ah. There's a shita like that, that the cutoff point for tum'ah of a nevelah is once it's not fit for human consumption, right? So long as it's fit for the ger, that's a deen of tum'ah. They work hand in hand. Fit for human consumption, there's tum'ah. Not fit for human consumption, even though it's fit, let's say, for animals. It's fit for caleb, doesn't matter. It's got to be fit for humans to exude the tum'ah. Good. So according to that shita, we have no question. Because the netzel is not fit for human consumption. It's not fit for the ger. So therefore, since it's not fit for the ger, it's not going to exude tum'ah. Right? So according to that shita, we have no she'elah. Okay? Now there's a second part of that statement, which is not relevant to us, but the second part of the statement is we have another deen of tum'at ochlim. Something to receive tum'at, tum'at ochlim, which is a lighter tum'at, it's not as strict as tum'at of a nevelah, that's why they call it tum'at kala. For something to be considered a food, meaning to receive tum'at ochlim, to become tamer as an ochil, it has to be edible at least for an animal. Tum'at kala has to be at least la'uila akhilat kelev. Right, so you learned the lesson now, which is even though this food stuff might not be edible for a human being, not fit for human consumption, but so long as it's fit for a caliph, it's food enough to receive tumat okhli. Okay, that's a side point. So according to this shita, you have no problem. Okay, so let's read that inside. This is not a question according to the one that says tumat hamura ad lagir. The Tum'ah of applies up until it's fit for consumption to the Ger. And therefore, what? since the Netzel is not fit for consumption to the Ger, no problem, it's not going to be metameh. The Tum'ah Kala, that's Tum'at Ochlim Ad Lakelev Shapir, we have no question. El Aleman, the Amar Tum'ah Hamura Ad Lakelev, Ma'iklan El Emar. But there's another Shita that says, no, the Tum'ah Venevela, goes not up until it's fit for human consumption only. Even if it's not fit for human consumption, it's only fit for a dog, still there's tum'at nevelah. Also, there's, we have our, our questions back in play. Mm-hmm. Because the net sale of the behemah, while it's not fit for human consumption, it's fit for a dog. 
So according to that cheetah, we're asking, it's uh, still fit for uh, a dog. So maybe there is Tum'at uh, Nevela on the Netzel. Right? So comes again and says, Tashema. I'll bring you the from Blaita. Hamhuhu ba'ur tameh. Behama tahor. Okay, what are we talking about over here? So, Tosfot, first white line. Give me the Tosfot inside. Tashema. Hamhuhu, let's get the words first. If you melted it, be'ur, in a fire, it is tameh. What are we talking about? Gaben niblat of tahor. Okay, there's another law in the Torah, besides animals, when they're in Nebela, that there is Tum'ah. There's also an of tahor that became in Nebela. Mitniya, we learned that. Himhau shuman shil niblat of tahor be'ur. You took, let's say, the fat of the of the of the bird, of the chicken, whatever it is, nevlat of tahor, and you put it in the fire and you um, you melted it. Tameh. It still is tameh. Why? It's still fit for achilat kelev, and therefore this item over here still uh, exudes. Tumah, incidentally, the Tumah of Nivlat of Tahor is only in Beta Beli'ah. It's only if it's uh, swallowed. It's not Tumat Magah Umasa. Uh, so you learn to learn now. You take the fat of the Nivlat of Tahor and you put it in the fire, doesn't lose its property. It's still Ra'ul Achilat Kelev and therefore it's going to still have the properties of Tumah. However, if you put it next to his foot, Behama, if let's say you let it out in the sun, and it melted as a result of the sun, Tahor. It becomes Tahor. Why? Because It becomes putrid when you leave it in the sun. Mm-hmm. And it's not Ra'ui for, for human consumption. Now, uh, what's the... Obviously, there's some sort of proof over here that uh, they're bringing. What's the proof? So Tosfot says... If you tell me that there's a concept of netzel by a behemah, that what? That that uh, putrefied, not putrefied, that congealed uh, flesh brings to ma'ah by nevelah. So therefore the chavra, even when you left it in the sun, it should be tameh. De'akati kelev. Which means it might not be fit for human consumption when you leave it in the sun, but it's still fit for achilat kelev. And what do you see when you leave it in the sun? It's said it is tahor. Oh, so what does that uh, tell me? That comes and tells me that must be there's no tahor. Very good. Since we proved our point again. Uh, why, when you take the item, this fat of the chicken or the bird off the hood, and you put it in the sun, what's the deen? Tahor. I, it's not Ra'ul Akhilat Adam, but it's Ra'ul Akhilat Kelev. Ella, what do you see? That even though the item is Ra'ul Akhilat Kelev, it's not going to bring Tum'ah. Uh, but then you have another question then. So then why, when you put it in the in the fire, it is Tameh. So it's supposed to be Be'ud Miha. Since you took it and you put it in the fire with your hands, 
That's worse than Nitzel. The law Avi Elakeshinirkav in the Mahab Me'atzmo. Nitzel is when it happens by itself, Tosfot says. But when you actually put it in the fire, that's not called Nitzel. So Nitzel is a natural uh, occurrence. So I'm not worried about why when you put it in the fire, it's still Metameh. That you did it. But when it happens by itself, it can be left in the sun and things like that. So Stahor, so you see what? Even though it's Kelev, it doesn't exude Tumah. So what's the Gebaraz answer? The Gebaraz answer is. Let's read that inside again. Tashimam hau beur tameh bahamat or v'islam kadak adla kelev v'vitami up until it's fit for a dog, it should be tameh. Afilu bahamanamit even in the sun it should be tameh. Kebara says emat mamhele batar de asruach bahama kevan de asrach havile afar, which means. When does it, uh, when it melts in the sun, at what point when it melts in the sun, what is the status of this item anymore, of this item? It's not considered meat anymore. This item is considered already afar. It's considered like uh, dust. And therefore, look at the way that Tosafot continues. Tosafot gives the answer in his language, and he says, uh, the Gemara answers, right where we left off. When does it, when it starts to melt, right? Well, at that stage. After it starts to become putrid. It becomes very putrefied. Uh, so that was our, I was our, we're falling off. We thought it was, we're saying now, when you leave it in the sun, at that point, it's not even, it's not even, which is the netzer that we were talking about by the animal. Uh, it, it was a, it was a, a liquid, it melted, whatever it was, but not from the sun. So therefore, at least it's still that uilachilat kelef. Then we have sheila. But don't bring me the ayah by the netzer of a of tahor when you put it in the sun, because that's not even considered anything. That's not even ra'uilachilat kelef bechlal. That's not even that's considered afra be'ama. So we're back to our question. Yes, netzer la behema. Or in. So comes Gemara and says, Tenan. Now let's talk outside again to give us some rules over here. The law of Nitzok. What is Nitzok? Let's say you have a, uh, a keli. And the keli you have liquid that's tameh. So there's no she'ela and you pour something into that keli. So the liquid that falls in that keli also becomes tameh. That's, that's obvious. She'ela is... Does it have an ability when you're pouring something into a uh, keli that's tameh, tahor stuff? You're pouring into the keli. Since now you have what's called the nitzok, you have a like a a bridge. You have a uh, connector, right? Because the flow is connecting what's on the bottom and on the top. So the sheila is now. Let's say when you when you stop, do you say now that the stuff that you're holding that you were pouring also becomes tameh or not? Now that's going to be uh, dependent, really, the Gemara is going to say, on different types of liquids. Uh, basically what it's going to say, and there's the different sevarot, uh, how it works, but basically somehow, if the liquids are of such, that when you, um, when you stop the flow, some of it that was out, is pulled back into the bottle, so then the stuff in the bottle is also going to become tameh. So the Gemara... That's exactly the case. Honey. That's one of the cases of the Gemara. So the Gemara says, Tenan. We have a Mishnah. Kol hanitzok tahor. Anything that's poured remains tahor. Meaning what you poured. 
not what you poured into. What you poured into obviously remains Tameh. Chutz medevash asifim ve'atzapichit. Devash asifim, just to get interpretation, you could look at the uh, Rosh. Look at the Rosh. Good interpretation, two lines from the bottom. Kol anitzok tahor. Im mashkim tehorim letoch mashkim temeim. Right, you're pouring tahor into tameh. Ha'elyonim tehorim. The the top remains tahor. Im shafak mashkim tehorim letoch mashkim temeim. Ha'elyonim tehorim ve'ena nitzok mehaberam. Good. The the flow does not connect them. Hutz medevasha zifim. Why they call it devasha zifim? They uh, literally uh, it's it's lie. They 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 they, they, they compromise it. Why? Because they dilute it. Because mm-hmm. it's so thick, so you never get pure the vashazifim. Because they gotta thin it out a little, so they put some water in it. So they call it the vashazifim. You can't tell. So I call it like it's mizuyaf, it's fake. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish Omer Al Shem Mekomo. That's from a place called Zif. Okay, what's the next thing? Vesapihat. Kemok Sapihit Bidvash. So the Aruch explains Beisash Metugirit Bidvash. Okay, so it's like a doughy item that has honey. Bottom line, it's thick. So the Rosh says, Umetok Shuav. Since it's thick, Hanitzok. Let me turn the page. Mehabiran, it attaches it. Okay, so there's no such thing as nitzok by, let's say, water or, you know, uh, beverages like that, that flow, mashekin, and a thick item. The Gemara is saying there's a concept of nitzok. That means whatever's in the hand, which you pour, it also becomes tameh. Bet Shammai Yomrim, Bet Shammai comes along and says, Afa mikpashil girisin, that's a porridge of beans, also it's thick. Veshel fool. Right, it's also uh, the beans over there, the whole beans. Because what happens uh, when you're pouring these thick items and then you stop the flow, it it draws back. It you know it returns. There's a, there, there's a return. Okay, so therefore that's going to like uh, be able to because that was already a nitzok when it was flowing out. It's like it's considered connected to the tumah. So when that stuff has the return, so therefore it's like it's bringing the tumah back to the bottle. So therefore it's connected, and therefore you have a you have an issue. That's bet shemay's shita. Now the Gemara says like this. Oh, so now that you have the uh, the shita, uh, now obviously uh, we must speak out for the fact that Tanakama did not mention uh, the porridge and this stuff that's being poured. He only mentioned the honey. Must be that Tanakama argues on Bechamai when it comes to pouring these, uh, you know, bean uh, porridges and things like that. And the Gemara will discuss that immediately. Gemara says like this: Rami Barhamma. Rami Barhamma is a question. Yesh nitzok laochlim or en nitzok laochlim? Is there a stream when it comes to foods that were melted or not? The question that Rosh explains is Aliba de Rabbanan. According to the rabbis, that they come along and say, you don't say it by the porridge, and you don't say it by the food, and stuff like that. What about regular food? Food stuff that was melted, 
Right? Do you say the deen of Nitzok? Yes or no? Okay? What's the she'ilah? Miyamrina, do you say, Mishum di'it bihu rireh? Right? Maybe the whole sivara of the rabbis is, is that you have rireh. Rireh literally means thick strands, which means it seems in this honey, in this business over when you're pouring it, there's thick strands that when you when you stop the flow, the strands spring back. They're learning the, the, the strands themselves pull the uh, pull back. So if you're learning the sevarav, the rabbis is the ririm factor, is the strands that cause the pull back. So then the gemara says, vehane let behurire. So if you're going to go with the food stuff, food stuff doesn't have these uh, uh, these strands. Therefore, there's no nitzok. Or maybe you're going with the whole sevara is the thickness of it. Maybe the whole argument between the rabbis is what? They're judging the thickness. And therefore, And over here we're talking about where they're thick, and therefore it would be an issue of nitzok. Uh, Let's read the rosh inside now to see the question clearer. Good. Right? They spring back. Or maybe it's the yan of the thickness of it. Right? According to Bet Shemai, there's no question. We have no doubt what Bet Shemai says. They explain their opinion explicitly. So therefore, anything that has these uh, strings that cause the spring to spring back, you're going to have a problem of Nitzok. The rabbis didn't commit to a reason. So we don't know what's their sevara. If their inyan is what the the, the, the string uh, pulling back, maybe the rabbis told you need a lot of uh, spring action over there. Maybe that's the Maybe everybody agrees it's the redeem factor. It's these strings that cause the liquid to pull back, and the mahloka between Tanakama and Betchamai is a degree of redeem. Tanakama has got to be a lot. Like the uh, honey. And Bichamai says, no, even the mikpah is enough. That's one way of learning the makhloket. Maybe nothing to do with reading. There you go. It's got to be a thick item. So the thickness of the item connects the, uh, connects the two. And therefore, if you're going with the thickness of the item, so then uh, a thick food also would have the uh, issue. They just don't hold that the uh, mikpah is thick enough uh, to, uh, to, 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 to warrant. Uh, yeah. Okay, so comes the Gemara and says, Amarava, Tashema. So we're trying to solve this as a question. Chelev Hamet Shehu Shalem. Okay, you have a Kezayit of Chelev of Hamet. And we said a Kezayit of uh, flesh of Hamet is Metameh. Mm-hmm. Right? Veticho. What'd you do? You melted it. You, you heated it up. You melted it. It is still Tameh. But it doesn't matter the fact that you heated it up and melted it up. As long as you still have a kezayit, you didn't lose the shi'ur. So I don't care if it's now in a melted stage, it still has the ability to be tameh. 
interesting. Let's say you have little pieces, less than a kezayit. Okay? Each piece on its own is less than a kezayit, does not have the ability to metame. Subsequently, you boiled all the pieces together. Now it came together, the liquid, to a kezayit. Doesn't matter, tahor. Why? Because since it started off tahor, the hatakad, the melting, is not going to turn it into now an ability to become tameh. So therefore, it remains tahor. Okay, if it started off less than a kezayit, the pieces, and you melted them, now it came to one, doesn't matter, but it's still to look at the rosh. Hayam mefurar. Pirurim min helev amit. Pieces of the helev of amit. Vetichan tahor. Kedi misayim betosiftan da'olot. Mepteshi hibure adam eno hibur. Very important. Klau. An attachment that's a man-made attachment is not considered an attachment. It's got to be a kezayit because it was a kezayit of the mit. If a human intervened and attached the pieces together, in this case he attached it through ataqa to melting it, hibure adam la hibur. That's the klal that's working over here. Now, v'kodim shetiko lo ayam mitameh nogeya b'miksato afilu nogeya b'kulo leman delet nogeya v'ozev nogeya hilka kitiko v'habro bide adam lo yitama. Good. So that's the rules. Now where are we going with this? So let's go back to the Gemara. Tashema, Helev Amet, Shehu Shalem. Vetichotam, Hayam Mefurar, Vetichotam. Vetichotam, En Nitzok Laochlin. If you're going to tell me that there's no Nitzok by Ochlin, that means what? Food that you uh, melted, right? Mm-hmm. Now you pour it. Uh, if, if you want to say that there's no Nitzok, which means the food remains Tahor. On top, shalem v'hetichon nameli tahir. Even if it's shalem, even if it's whole, what do we say? If you have a whole kezayit of a chelav amet, and you melted it, what's the deen? So long as you have a kezayit, it remains uh, tameh. Why should that be? Because really, if you, if you figure out the way it happens... You have the kezayit over here, right? What happens as you start to heat it up, so it starts to break. starts to break, it starts to drip, right at the bottom of the it starts to drip to the bottom of the to the bottom of the keli. Now, if you're going to tell me that a nitzok of ochli is is tahor, right? Does not does not become so. Now, what's going to end up happening? The chelif that you have on top. Really now is nitzok, right? It's flowing, yeah. it's flowing down into the pot. So therefore, the chaura, once a little piece falls off, already you have less than a kezayit. Once you have less than a kezayit already, so now the rest is nitzok. So therefore, it's going to remain betara. Let's get clarity on exactly how that works. Let's read the rosh because he gives you the the mitzvah how it happens. Look at the rosh where he says ve'isal kadatach. A little of the way down. Here it is, you put it on the fire, this What happens? It separates. No, a little piece is going to separate from the chalif. What am I? It drips. I'll put it that way. Look at it like that. When you put it over the fire, what happens? It starts to melt. What happens? A drip. 
like a candle dripping, so it starts to drip down. Oh, so now when this little drip uh, falls down, so what do you want to tell me now? The piece that fell down is tame, right? But if you're going to tell me that there's no nitzok la'ochlim, so therefore the ka'ora, the stuff now that drips from the uh, the chalif, should not become tame. The way the Mepharshim are explaining this is here is that in the course of the melting fat, the first drops to melt, run off from the remaining body of the fat, and are connected to it only by thin streams of melting fat. The stream of melted fat is not a connection than the original Kazayat of fat was in effect separated into smaller pieces and then rejoined. Hence it should be Tahor. Exactly, which means, what do we learn? That the pieces were separate... And then you put them back together again. So that's considered <coughs> tahor. Right? What happens over here is the pieces were separate. Why? Because when you heated up the piece of chaleb, so a little drop fell out. It separated from the chaleb. Yeah? How did you connect it now to make a kezayit? Through a nitzok, which is the other melting connected now through the stream. Now bottom line, eventually became a kezayit again. But it's through connecting it. To say it was connected to Right. Through a nitzok. Mm-hmm. But bottom line, uh, uh, w- w- once you lost already uh, a piece of it, the kezai. So now, what if you say there's no need for ochlim the chaurah? The entire thing should remain no different than the second case. It's like the second case said: if you had separate pieces and you put them together through boiling it, it doesn't help. So you had separate pieces because you had a piece that was went off. Then you're connecting it to the other part. But how are you connecting it to a nitzok? But if you say nitzok is not a hibur, so the chaurah. It should be ta'ila, we proved positive that Nitzok yeah. is a Hebur. Comes the Gemara, says no proof. Amar bizera, ana umur bere deravina, targemina hacha bemay askinan, kegon, tebade de mirtahle, salik amuda de nura le fuma de mana, ve karash. What happened over here is a certain type of heating where the, you have a keli on top of some sort to catch the, uh, uh, the melted chalev, uh, mm-hmm. heating it on the bottom. Somehow the fire causes it to shoot up and in one shot it all comes together. It's not a neat soak business. Until now we thought it's working on apparatus where it causes a drip down. And then everything becomes connected. We're saying, no, you're heating it in somehow with like pops. It just all goes oh, to the yeah. top in one shot. So if you know what I have, need talk business over here. It's not working with Tam Nitzok. He says here, that is the fire under the pot heated to such a degree that it caused the entire gazai to shoot up and collect at the top of the pot. So it remains trapped over there. Okay, until it solidifies over there. So therefore there was no stream involved. So if we have no ayah to the question of Yesh Nitzok Be'ochlin, or not. So at this point we haven't proven yesh nitzok be'ochil or no. That's the dilemma that we're having now. Yeah, which means the, the style of this Gemara to get a clarity, first it dealt with yesh nitzel lebehema or not. So it tried to prove it, it was not able to prove it. Now after that, uh, the Gemara goes to a new topic and goes to the deen of Nitzok. 
guess we're on the subject of Tum'ah. So the Gemara now is going to discuss another law of Tum'ah by liquids and things like that. So the Gemara has a question. Yesh nitzok by ochlim or not, that liquefied. Oh, okay, that could be. Uh, it says it goes on to a new topic, the discussion. It, don't, it's, it concerns the Tum'ah transmitting status of liquid. That's the connection. Both talking about Tum'ah of liquids. It's not in the same Mishnah. So the Gemara wanted to say that, oh, I have an ayah, I'll bring you. i bring you an ayah that when you have this congealed halif, uh, uh, right, which is Tamir, because it's Kazai, and what happens uh, when you're heating it up, it still remains Tamir. Oh, why should it remain Tamir? What happens when you heat it up is a Kazai comes off, I mean, a piece comes off, right? So it's not in the Kazai. Now you're being Mehaber, pieces of the Kazai together through a Nitzok. And it says Tamer. That must mean the Nitzok connects them. So Yesh Nitzok Ochlin. Comes to come and says, no, that's not the way it's happening over here. What's happening is when you're boiling it up, it shoots up to the top in one shot and becomes a Hibur together in one shot. So therefore do not bring this as a Riyaf for the subject of Nitzok at all. Comes to Gemara and says, okay, so we're back to the question. The point to the rabbis, Yesh Nitzok Ochlin Muna. Gemara says, Oh, we thought we brought it ayah. But Shemai says, and we learned this already, what's the reason why he holds by mikpah, by this porridge of beans? What's the reason why he says this nitzok? Because it has this, the thick strands. And what does the thick strands cause it? That when you stop the flow, it pulls it back. Oh, so pulls it back, so So we're assuming... That if that's the reason of Bet Shammai, that must be the reason of Tanakama, which is Tanakama must be saying that they hold that the strands are not so uh, uh, strong over there. And that's why they only said it by honey. So if they're going with the strand factors, so then food that doesn't have uh, strands, so therefore we answer that question. Therefore there's no one to talk. Which is from Bet Shammai, we're trying to solve what? So the Gemara says, who told you to learn like that? I can say like this, Which means, Could you bring a proof of that uh, illustration? Which literally means, over there it's because it's thick, and over there it's because it's thick, which means, who told you that the Hakamim agreed to the reason of Bet just because Bet Shammai is going with the reason of reading, maybe the rabbi, I don't know, maybe they hold the reason is what? Thickness. Right? And if they hold with thickness, so therefore they're going to say what? The honey is thick. That's what they're going to say, yes, uh, yes, nitzok. And they're going to argue and they say, when it comes to this, to these beans over here, uh, it's not, uh, it's not uh, thick. And they're going to argue on uh, Bet Shammai. So that we have no raya just because Bet Shammai gave his reason of the the uh, you know, the strands that pull back. That's not, not necessarily the reason of Tanakama. Let's look at the um, let's look at the Tosfot Midi Iria. It's one of the bottom Tosfotim. Midi Iria Tam Yishum Desmiche Devashil Zifin. This They all the lean factor is not a, not an issue at all. They just go with the the thick. 
So therefore, don't bring me from what Bet Shammai said. You understand? Which means, just because Bet Shammai gives the Ririm issue, doesn't mean Tarekam holds like that. But Tarekam can really say, my issue is the thickness. So therefore, my issue is the thickness. And what do I hold? I hold that the uh, fool and all that beans is not as thick as uh, the honey. And that's why uh, you don't say, we we back to our question. Yes, uh, Nitzok by Ochli. And really, according to the Gemara, the Gemara did not really answer that uh, that question. If you have no proof to, to this, the Gemara really leaves it in a uh, in a question. The Gemara does not answer it. Gemara continues from a quote of the Mishnah. We're talking about over here the different items that are mitameh, a nazir that will cause him to uh, shave and bring a uh, korban. So one of the cases of the Mishnah was a ladle full of corpse dust. If he comes in contact with that, uh, so then also it has ability to be. So the Gemara's question is, what type of ladle are we talking about? What is the shi'ur? It's a palmful. Pisatayat is the palm, which means you fill a palm of uh, of this dust. The Yohanan Omer Melo Hofnav. He comes along and says a handful. So we have to see exactly uh, what the difference uh, between uh, those different Shiurim uh, are. Look at the Rosh. Um, the Rosh is uh, the second wide line. If they get what all the way on the bottom, right? He says Melo Pisatayat Misof Etzbaim Adazerawa Dahainu Male Pasayat. He's looking at it from the end of the fingers, beyond the palm, from the end of the fingers all the way to the tip of the fingers. That's considered pisat hayad. Okay, so that is the shita of pas yad, and then melochofnav would be the actual, um, uh, I guess handful, handful itself. Look at the um, look at the uh, rosh. I mean the tosfot exactly. The tosfot same place. Bottom meloch pisat hayad mitchilat pisuka etzbaot ad hazeroa. Okay, so it's for where the pisuka etzbaot begin, where the uh, ridge of the etzbaot is, right? Going well, you'll see the Gemara is going to discuss, but uh, it sounds like it says it's going going towards the. Oh, sorry, absolutely, it's going towards it's going towards the zeroa. Absolutely, it's going down. We'll call it down up to where, the, depending what position your hand is in. So again, pisatayad is from the from where the hand is all the way down. So we call that a palm. Okay, so what's saying palm? Palm, palm without the fingers, and the other shita is saying the fingers. Okay, very good. So let's review that again inside. The kamashi amar. So we're calling that the palm, which is a, we're calling it a handful, which we're learning it as the fingers. So the Gebra says, Tenan, we learned in the Mishnah, that would have said in the Mishnah, this uh, ladle full of Rekev, uh, the corpse dust, that they said, Yeshnan me'ikar etzba'ot ulma'la. So this Shita says it's from the Ikar Etzpaot and up. We're assuming that Ikar Etzpaot is going from the ridge of the fingers and up. Mm-hmm. Up to the tips of the fingers. Okay, the ver bimir. Nachemim omrim. Nachemim come along and say, Melo chofnav. Nachemim come along and say, no, it's a, uh, it's a handful. So comes the Gemara and says, Bishtamar Rabbi Yohanan, Huda Amar Rabbi Yohanan. Which is Rabbi Yohanan that said, Melo chofnav. He's going like the rabbis that also say, Melo chofnav. No problem. But Hizkiyah, he's the Shittah that said, Hizkiyah is the Shittah that said, Right, Pisatayad, right, which is the palm, who's he going like, Look at Rabbi Meir, look at Rabbanan. Correct? Because each one gave a different uh, Shittah. One said, And one said, 
But he, right, which includes the fingers, and he's coming along and saying, Milo, pisateyad. So look at the, um, uh, do we have Rosh over here? No, very good. So comes the Gemara and says, Amri, so the Gemara comes along and says, Milo pisateyad, when it says Milo pisateyad, which is actually Haskiyah's uh, terminology, pisateyad, the palmful that he said, Umelo kishre ezbe'otav unma'la, and that's shita. And the Mishnah that said from the uh, ridges of the fingers and up, which means it's the same shi'ud, which means I guess from here, from the fingers upward, upward, and the palm, same shi'ud. You fill the palm up, or fill from the fingers upward to the tips of the fingers, you'll end up with the same shi'ud. So it's, it's two different ways of saying the same thing. Okay, so he said palmful. The other shita said from the fingers up. Basically, it's the same way of saying it. So comes again. So therefore, it's it's two different terminologies, but it's the same uh, same shiur at the end of the day. So the Gemara says, "Milop pisatet the look sheshes dav lemala chad shiurah to get lemala." Now, why are they calling it lemala? Uh, because I guess if your hand is straight up in the position of straight up, so lemala would be the tips of the fingers going up. The tips of the fingers are called lemala. So comes again and says, "Amar le Rav Shimi bar Adal Rav Papa mimaydaim kishes perotav lemala lerosh." Who told you that it means the tips of the fingers? When it says lemala, it means the tips of the fingers. Dilma lemata midide. Maybe it means lemata, which means maybe it's talking about the wrist. Which means it could be lemala as if your fingers are down in a down position. So lemala is from the uh, from the ridge of the fingers, lemala up to the wrist, which is the exact shita of pisatayad. And that's what the Gemara says. pisatayad. So therefore, who told you to learn that he's saying something different? Maybe he's saying the exact same thing. Yeah. You don't have to learn it that the shiurim are equal, from the fingers to the tips and a palmful. You could come along and say, no, that's exactly what the Gemara was saying. Palmful and from the pisat and from the kishteh, lemala is when the hand is down. Right? So lemala means to the wrist. So that's another way of saying a palm. Right? So therefore, he was saying one and the same thing. So then what Gemara says, Tiku, the Gemara leaves it in a, in a bench, which means, who told you to learn in that right now? We, we, now we have a, really a question, what does it mean when it says, Kishnei Osbeh Otav Umala? Does Kishnei Osbeh Otav Umala, is it a new measure, meaning from the ridges of the finger to the tips? And the point is, you're saying it's the same shoot as a palmful, or is that another way of saying palmful? How? Kishnei Osbeh Otav Umala. It means, Mala means going towards the wrist. In a case where your hand is down, so going up would be the wrist. Therefore, it's exactly the same thing. Okay, so that's the Gemara's uh, uh, question. Look at the Tosfot. Tosfot. That was the first answer. What's held in the fingers is held in the palm. It's the same Shi'ud. Next Tosfot. Who told you that when it says lemala means the tips of the fingers, the parakt mine, and if we had a question, and said, oh, who's he going like? Maybe it means the wrist. But she's, maybe when it says lemala means that, why would lemala be called the wrist? Right, goof is considered lemala, which means when the, when the hands are in a down position, so you say lemala means towards the wrist, and that's exactly... Pisatayat, Gemara says, so Tosfot takes out the word teku, because it's really not a, um, if you think about it, 
it's not, it's not a question, really. There's, there's, there's no, nothing left in, in the bank, so it's just another way of uh, learning. So it's a mahlokit, how to learn lemala. So it's, it's not like we left it off in, uh, an answer that we need uh, a teku to respond to. And the pshat is, uh, so it comes out bottom line, we have two shitot, the in what's the shoot of the ladleful? It's either the pshat is uh, a, uh, a palmful, as they're calling it, that we call the pisachat, which is the same shita as it's ma'ot, whether you're going up or mamash, it's the same thing going down. Or it is considered melo chofna. Melo chofna, they're calling a handful. Now, what is the uh, difference of a handful? It's including. It's everything. Which means it's the palm and the fingers right. together. So it's a more of a, it's a bigger shirud. Okay? It's the whole hand. Right? Handful means everything. The palm plus the fingers themselves. There's some shirud that wants to say it's actually two hands. But uh, for our purpose, we'll learn it like it's one hand, because it's uh, talking about the hand and the uh, fingers themselves. Okay, we'll come on. I mean,